You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. Happy New Year. I want to thank everyone for joining us on this first day of 2023. Can you believe we're already in 2023? Have you ever noticed how different cultures value different things? If you've ever traveled very much or went on a short-term mission trip, and sometimes this comes, becomes very obvious uh, as you're visiting this place. I remember going to Ukraine and, and, know, and finding out very quickly that the elderly ladies of the community were to be honored at all costs. I remember sitting on a bus and, uh, and all of a sudden some elderly ladies got on and everyone in the bus quit and made it known that we are to get up and, and to let these ladies sit there. In, in other cultures, uh, we see that community is very, very important. Uh, the health of the tribe is vastly important, more important than one person. Individuals in other cultures may see it as noble or honorable to sacrifice time and talent and treasure and even desired pleasures for the health of the whole community or for the honor of the family. Now in America, one of the underlying growing values that stands out is individualism. And have you ever thought about how individualism affects our walk with God? David Wells wrote a great little book called Losing Our Virtue, Why the Church Must Recover Its Moral Vision. And he talks about how individualism affects our walk with God. He says in the Old and the New Testament, they were born, were born in a world that was quite different than our own. Not only did they not have the modern conveniences that we have today, but they also had some different values. And one of their values was community. And they, well, they saw themselves not as isolated individuals, but as belongers. This was part of their identity. Now, our culture values uniqueness. We like to express ourselves in the way that we dress and the things that we buy and the ways that we look and the decisions that we make. Whatever sense of identity uh, that we have that's woven together within our own inner private sense of reality uh, comes from the materials that we choose, the ways that we express ourselves. I remember reading a book preparing to go to Japan for the first time, and, and researchers uh, did a little test with elementary students from different cultures. They had a teacher come in, teach a lesson, and then give a test. Now, when it came to the uh, little American students, uh, they gave them the tests, and the first person to finish the test rushed up and put the test uh, on the teacher's desk. And then the second student, and then the third student, uh, everyone rushed to get through the test as fast as they could. But when it came to the Japanese students, after the first person finished their test, they sat quietly at their desk. And then the second person, the third person, they all quietly sat at their desk. And then they, once the last person had finished the test, they all got up together and placed their test on, test on the desk. Well, we see different values. Now, I'm not here to judge what is right and wrong. I think there's both benefits of, of both, but I want us to think about how individualism impacts our walk with Christ. 
In the American church, we tend to talk a lot about our personal relationship with God. We talk about my prayer life, my worship, my quiet time, my church, my sin. Did you notice there's a lot of my's in that? And some people will say, well, I don't need help with my faith. I can do this on my own. I don't need a church. I don't need a pastor. Me and God, that's all I need. And maybe there's some truth to that. But I think there's a need for us to have community. And churches can also be inwardly focused. Churches can be very territorial, not wanting to work with other churches, afraid that someone might steal someone from their church. And we can say, this is our building and our land and our parking lot and our playground. And never think about how God has blessed us with all of these things. As a church, we must be focused on the kingdom of God, not building the kingdom of Castle Hills Christian Church. And let me even take it a step further. Inside the church, we can get a little territorial. This is my chair. This is my table that I sit at. This is my room that I meet in, and it better be exactly how I want it to be. This is my ministry. This is my stuff. But guess what? It's all God's. It's all God's. And if someone is sitting in your seat or at your table, praise God that they're here. And if they're in your room, praise God that that room is being used. And if they're involved in a ministry that you're being involved in, praise God for that. You know, that's so exciting that, that people are involved in ministry. Matthew chapter 16, uh, verse 24 from the NIV says this, then, the disciples said, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciples must deny himself, take up the cross, and follow me. The New Living Translation puts it this way. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. Hey, here's my translation on this. If you want to follow Jesus, get over yourself. Get over yourself. Now, I'm not saying that individualism is all bad. Actually, a lot of it can be good. But we also need to realize that a private relationship with God is important, but it's incomplete. We also need community. This year, our theme at Castle Hills Christian Church is connect. And we're encouraging you to connect with God and to connect with others. And often, I think I've been guilty of putting these in two different boxes. I, I put it into this little box that says, okay, this is how I connect with God through prayer and through Bible study. And then this other box is how I connect with others. But when I begin to study the Bible, I don't think it's two different boxes. I think they go hand in hand. I think it's one box. Time and time again, throughout the Bible, humanity's relationship with God has been, a, has been collective and familiar. If you look in Exodus chapter 6, verse 7a, God declares that I will take you as my people and I will be your God. God takes the Israelites out of Egypt into the desert where they are challenged to live differently under a new covenant with God. And God doesn't just take a bunch of persons, but a people together. In the New Testament, we see connection and community were assumed. If you think about the first words of the Lord's Prayer, it says, Our Father, not my Father. We are in this together. 
This affirmation of our need for relationships grows too out of the fact that when we're born, we're born into a family. And we, can't, we don't start off alone. We cannot survive more than just the first few hours of life being left alone. The need for connecting with other people is reinforced by the language that surrounds our spiritual rebirth. We come to faith and we're adopted into the family of God. We become brothers and sisters in Christ. Jesus modeled connection for us. When he began to start his ministry, he chose 12 men, disciples, and that was his friends. And within the 12, there was three, but he had connection, he had relationships. And then there's all these passages that describe how we are to interact with one another, all which assume that we are sharing life with one another. We are commanded to love one another, encourage one another, to bear one another's burdens, to be at peace with one another, to wash another, one another's feet, to respect one another, to submit to one another, to forgive one another, to comfort one another, to pray for one another, to confess sins to one another, to be hospitable toward one another. Every one of these commands requires us to have relationships with others, to be in connection with them. Paul calls the church the body of Christ. He doesn't say the leg of Christ or the, the finger of Christ, but he says the body of Christ. And the body needs every part of it. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it's a verse that our church has been, has been reflecting on a lot lately. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the sharing of meals, and, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Connection is expected in the Bible. You are expected to cultivate a loving, nurturing relationship with others. A connection is assumed on almost every page of the Bible. And as we connect with each other this year, we want to move closer to Christ together. We want to move closer to Jesus together. We want to move, take one step closer to him, two steps closer, three steps closer. You know what? My best friendships, my best connections help me grow closer in my walk with Christ. Now, I know some of you, you're turning me off right now because, quite honestly, relationships are hard for you. They take time. You've been hurt. You have various reasons why. When I say the word connection and having friendships and relationships, that's not really desirable for you because you've been hurt. But that being said, I, I understand where you're coming from. But when I read Scripture, it's modeled in Scripture for us to have community. Despite our hurt, despite our pain, despite relationships being messy, we are called to be in connection with each other. So this morning, let me give you four quick benefits of connecting uh, with others uh, while we're living in community. First of all, when you're in connection, you are known. Friend, true friends know your fears, your hopes, your struggles, your values, your weaknesses, your strengths. We need people like that in our life that truly know us and that, can, can, that will continue to love us no matter what. It's people that, that you just know, okay, you have certain quirks, there's certain things that you struggle with, and they're still going to love you. We need those type of connections in our life. We need those type of people in our life. Uh, they can all, friends and close relationships can also encourage you and challenge you. Friendship should never be one-sided. Both of you should be helping each other out, growing closer to Christ, praying for each other, helping you, uh, helping, helping you 
get a deeper prayer life, challenging you in different areas. I love how Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. We should be helping each other get getting closer to Christ. Now, you also need a safety net in life. We need some people that when you're going through hard times that you can turn to them, that, that person that you can call in the middle of the night when your life is falling apart, when you need someone to pick up your kids because all of a sudden you started feeling ill. We need people that says, you know what, I got you covered. I know you're going through a hard time. I love you. I care about you. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, Solomon writes, and, and I think it, it, it really makes this point. He says, two, two people are better than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two stand, stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-branded cord is easily broken. We need those people in our life to help us through the hard times. And then lastly, life is more fun when you have deep friendships. We need people that will laugh with us, that will have a good time. Life is too short not to enjoy it. And so as a church this year, let me encourage you to connect. Let's connect to God and, and others. Let's intentionally connect to people. Right now, there's probably someone that you know that's feeling a little lonely, that may be a little discouraged. Will you take the time this week and give them a call? Will you send them a note? Will you send them a text? Will you minister to them in some way? And then, I know some of you, you struggle with relationships. You've got some walls up. Would you let some of those walls down and actually pursue connection? Would you find some people that you could connect with? Maybe that's in a life group or a Sunday class or finding a place to serve or maybe doing a Bible study with someone on you version. Maybe that's just meeting with someone on a regular basis. We all need connection. In 2023, let's connect. 